Mentorship is seldom a one-way path. Today, we look at why reverse mentoring is gaining ground in our industry. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for the very latest business aviation news and information. We often think of mentorship in the context of an older or more senior coworker bestowing guidance and advice to those newer to the company or to the industry. And while that dynamic remains an important part of today's business aviation landscape, reverse mentoring, in which junior employees offer mentorship to those senior to them, can also offer several benefits to companies and individual team members. Reverse mentoring, I don't personally believe it always has to have a formal component. I would say that it's it really encourages people to form professional friendships, regardless of seniority. So it really actually kind of establishes an equal playing field, as opposed to kind of this deferential expectation when, when younger employees come into the organization. Jennifer Pickerel is vice president at Aviation Personnel International. It really speaks to a culture of belonging and inclusivity, first and foremost. I mean, when someone comes in and feels that they're immediately acknowledged as an individual contributor and they're not less than because they are more junior, that immediately permeates through the organization and it sends a message. I think the other benefit is making sure we stay modern. I just read a quote the other day that says, ideas are like flowers. They're fresh in the morning and they wilt in the afternoon. So when you apply that to this concept of, of us aging as professionals, you know, we have to stay curious. And I think that that younger element, they have fresh eyes, you know, they can bring in new ideas and they can help also question why we're adhering to old practices. I'm pleased to also welcome today two young professionals in business aviation to give their insights on reverse mentoring. Jamie Munoz is general manager at Galaxy FBO at Addison Airport near Dallas, and Jamal Pratt is a first officer in the flight department for PNC Bank. Jamal, I think something Jennifer just said kind of sets the tone for this kind of peer-to-peer relationship in that it's important we approach each other as friends, which helps lessen at least some of the awkwardness in that junior and senior dynamic. Yeah, absolutely, Rob. I think it definitely reduces barriers and allows us to have tougher conversations. To what Jennifer said, coming into any organization when you're the most junior person, It takes a lot of time to kind of know the flight department and have the guts, so to speak, to speak up and and have conversations as you think you're, you're the most junior person. So mouth closed and ears open kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Jamie, I'd also think that eases a junior employee's concerns about their own importance to the company when they realize how they can help someone with more experience by offering them a different perspective. Absolutely. It really does create a sense of being and belonging and builds that trust that when feedback is given, there's action taken. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's always going to be the action that they're looking for, but there is a reaction to what they're saying, which is just going to build that trust and enable them to feel like they can come forward with more and more things. And that's just going to continue to evolve. And another thing that that does is it really eliminates what you see in a lot of workplaces, which is a toxic work environment where when somebody is upset about something or they don't like the way things are being done above them, they kind of congregate with other colleagues and talk about these things. And that can be so toxic in a work environment. 
But when they feel like their feedback is not only encouraged, but it's really solicited and it's listened to, then that's going to eliminate that kind of workplace gossip and really create an environment that people want to come to work in. So it sounds like reverse mentoring works best when it's a natural outgrowth of a peer-to-peer friendship. But are there ways an employer might actively encourage reverse mentorship, Jamie? I think whenever you create a comfortable environment where people feel like they can talk to you about things and they can trust you, then it kind of evolves organically. But also, I think that we always have opportunities where we can very much be intentional about soliciting this kind of feedback. For instance, whenever I do my quarterly check-ins with my employees, once we've talked about highlights of their the last quarter and things they can work on and goals, then I reverse it. And I'm like, okay, you need to tell me how I can be better. And I truly believe that unless I'm better, the entire group as an organization can't get better. It has to start at the top and work its way down. And so I solicit them for that feedback. And I'll, I'll be honest, it took a while for them to start telling me things because nobody wants to tell their boss what they think they can do better. It's kind of a little bit intimidating at first, but all it takes, like I said, is just that, that one conversation where you really listen and you react and they see that reaction and then you just start to build on that and they start to have trust and faith that what they're telling you is being heard and they're making a difference in the organization. And I really loved what Jamie just said in that not only does it foster and develop trust, but the piece that I would add is is consistency because Jamie's absolutely right. I, I don't know about all of you, but I've worked for leaders in the past who say, tell me what I'm doing wrong. And then you do and you're kind of bitten for it. So I really love the point she made about it has to be consistent and you have to develop that trust. So I just wanted to use that as a quick disclaimer, because if you don't do it with a genuine follow through, then it actually can backfire. So you really have to be committed to receiving that feedback and then acting on it if applicable. Relative to bringing new people into the group, into a new into an organization, I mean, culture is always at risk when you bring new people or you have turnover. And it also has the opportunity to improve when you bring in new people, right? So if we look at it through this lens of, first of all, a foundation of respect. So people are coming in regardless of where you are in your career, in your career progress, you're rung on the ladder, if you will, you're treated as an equal, then that already sends a message to the person coming in the door. You really have to set that tone with the team as well. I learned the hard way that the leader can have this attitude, but other people in the company might not. So I would say the caution when you use this kind of bringing new people into the door is that you first have to set the stage with your existing employees and explain that this is the culture that we're setting and I'm going to hold people accountable to ensure that they're practicing this culture. So that would be the other piece I would add is that you really have to make sure that everybody on your team is prepared to accept this individual. We have four generations in our company and it was harder for some and less than others to kind of adopt this mentality. So you have to treat everybody on the team with respect and kind of setting the stage, letting them know the expectations, and then kind of holding them accountable. Jamal, you've seen this on the flight deck too, right? As a first officer, you're working closely with somebody in the left seat with more flight hours, but who may still benefit from your background and experience. Absolutely, Rob. Aviation traditionally has that culture where it's top down. The captain, you know, what he speaks on and how he chooses to run his cockpit That's how it's been in the past. Moving 
more now into the in the present day, we're taking on a more crew resource management style of leadership where captains are now looking to the FOs for input and making the flight safe. From a flight department standpoint, what's tending to happen, you have younger and younger pilots now, now that the older pilots are retiring, and there's a whole new generation of pilots that are coming in with new ideas on safety, CRM. So I think it's good that management listens to those newer pilots and try to incorporate some of the things that they're learning in colleges and flight academies. We'll have more of this conversation in just a moment after this word from NBAA. NBAA Flight Plan listeners, your podcast is ready everywhere. You can download it from iTunes, ask your smart speaker to give you a listen, or hear it in any car with Apple's CarPlay. NBAA Flight Plan, available anytime, anywhere. We're back now with Jamie Munoz, Jennifer Pickerel, and Jamal Pratt, and our discussion about reverse mentoring in business aviation. And Jamal, continuing where we left off before the break, there are many times when a less experienced person might have a perspective that never occurs to a more senior individual, and there's an opportunity for them to learn from you. Absolutely. It's definitely a lot more organic on the on a flight deck than I would say in an office setting, just because you both have an obligation and you want a safe outcome to the flight. You want to complete the mission. So I think it does happen a lot more organically. There was some resistance initially as the older pilots kind of phased out and these newer pilots are coming in. So it's it's become a lot easier to have those conversations and those back and forth in the, in the cockpit. Jamie, tell us about an experience you've had serving as a reverse mentor. One of my mentors, when he first came on, it was about probably 16 years ago, he did my first annual review. And at the end of it, he said, okay, well, I guess we're done. And I said, well, wait, isn't it my turn? And he looked at me and I said, don't I do your review now? And he was caught off guard and he kind of smirked. And he said, you're going to review me? And I said, well, yeah, I thought that's what we were going to do here. And so it wasn't even a second thought to me. It was just kind of like, well, if you're going to tell me how I'm doing, can I tell you how you're doing as well? And he laughed And he embraced it. And it's one of the reasons he's still one of my mentors to this day, because he did embrace it and he took that feedback. And it was great. It really helped us bond even closer and build a closer relationship. And there was things that I perceived different than what he would have expected me to. So it really helped bridge that gap. And I think that's really the whole point of this is helping us, you know, really keep a finger on the pulse and understand what the perception of those around us is, because we all carry different perceptions to what's going on in our day-to-day environments. And, you know, I, I definitely appreciated that and I appreciated him welcoming it so much. And it really inspired me to do the same with any team that I was leading in the future. That is an awesome story. Jennifer, you have perspectives on both sides of this relationship, right? I have made a distinct effort to create that open and safe space, much like Jamie kind of forced open the door for that kind of conversation instead of, uh, you know, our newest employee having to open it herself. And then once I did so, one of the things she shared with me is that 
she said, often when you come into a new organization, you hold your ideas, you hold all these things close to the vest because there is that kind of implied deferential time, right? It depends on the organization how long that time is, and it's often unspoken. And then once you get comfortable, you share the ideas. So the point I'm making is from me to her, you know, she shared that she immediately felt as, that she was an equal and that those ideas could come forth right away. And then on my receiving side, having that just fresh take, I'll give you a quick example. So we were as a team discussing something that we saw somebody do, do on LinkedIn. And I think we were coming across as kind of judgmental. And our newest employee spoke up and said, you know, I really disagree with the way that you're reading this and I want to share with you why. And and so we had this really fantastic discussion and thankfully that was in the, in the team dynamic, right? So some of the other team members also got to see this open space of communication where it doesn't matter who you are, you know, we're all on the same level. I did want to just share one caution that I've picked up on is that if you are a senior person being mentored by someone younger or somebody, you know, they, you can do this in all different ways, right? It can be a person from an underrepresented demographic. It could be, it's not always just older to younger. I just want to point that out, but you have to be careful to not then label that person as a representative for the entire demographic, which they represent. I think that's an important piece to remember is that what we're really trying to do is treat people as individuals and to glean from their experience what richness they bring to the professional arena. Lots of great points there, Jennifer. I think our brains try to simplify situations and lumping people into groups is one of the ways we do that, often unfairly. What other challenges might arise in a reverse mentoring situation? First and foremost, it has to be genuine, particularly if we use the younger, older model. You know, if you were the the older person receiving this, you know, if somebody assigns you this task and your heart isn't into it, you don't have the curiosity, you don't have, frankly, the humility, then it could go really awry. It could actually really negatively affect your professional reputation, right? Because to Jamie's point earlier, if the person who is intended to be your mentor goes to the water cooler and talks about how, oh, Jennifer was not at all receptive to my feedback, well, that's not a good thing. So I think you really have to, it has to come from within. And, And usually I think it's a function of that genuine desire to want to learn from other people, to know that you're not the smartest person in the room. I mean, that's first and foremost. The other is when I mentioned about making sure that your other team members are aligned to this kind of initiative. And you have to kind of test that and retest it. Because like I said, that was very eye-opening for me. And I made a a gross assumption uh, that because I had this attitude that other people on the team would, and that was not fair of me. And then finally, just making sure that 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 person is supported and the trust is really, really felt and earned. Because if not, you're not going to really get the output or the impact of the relationship that you hope for. Jamie, what other challenges might be encountered in a reverse mentoring situation and how can they be resolved? Earlier, I mentioned that you have to react or take action whenever somebody brings you that feedback. And I think that's really one thing people have to look out for is if people bring you that information and you don't do anything with it, even if it's just having a follow-up conversation, it can really deteriorate the trust. And then, you know, they may have the perception of, well, I told her or I told him something and they didn't do anything about it. So why should I give them any more feedback or advice or things from my perspective? 
So I think that's something you really have to be careful about is that it can become a lot to manage if you are, I love that Jennifer talked about the humility aspect. Like if you have enough humility to take this on, it can be a lot to manage. And so you have to make sure that, like she said earlier, you're consistent and you're constantly giving that communication of what you're doing with that feedback that you're receiving. Relinquishing power is one of the challenges that I can see. You know, with an industry that's very seniority based, when a new guy comes in and you might not have as much experience as the senior leader might have, but what I think we're looking for is varied experiences. You might not have decades of flying experience, but you might have experienced something a little bit different and you can add value not only to the flight department, but also to the flight deck. And as far as a traditional mentorship, it's just coming in with an open mind because I've been both a mentee and a mentor. And I think having an open mind definitely allows for a transfer of of experience and, and not have any barriers there. Just like you said, Jamal, this all comes back to having an open mind and accepting that you may not always be the smartest person in the room or on the flight deck. What other advice do you have about reverse mentoring? Getting other leaders to buy into it, I think, would make it um, a lot better. Uh, Because if you just have one person doing it, then it may not catch on to the entire organization because you're looking for like a cultural change. And I think sharing experiences with other leaders and say, hey, you know, I've tried reverse mentoring. This is what I've learned. I think it's something great. Let's get a program out there where we can spread this to the entire organization. And and I think that's where you're going to see real change. Jennifer, what Jamal just said about cultural change is really key, I think. Reverse mentorship may be an eye-opener for the need to foster these open lines of dialogue and acceptance of alternate viewpoints. That might be an opportunity for companies to change a little bit, where they may not initially realize that such changes need to be made. I'm glad you brought that up, Rob. And it it makes me think of, you know, often management doesn't always have a completely accurate understanding of how the culture is being lived at the individual contributor level. And I see that a lot in my work. Again, I always want to say we we have a lot of really well-intentioned leaders, but when you are the leader of an organization and you have middle management and then you have individual contributors, this just happened to me the other day, when I go into an organization or or us at API, uh, we meet with individual contributors and management alike. And it, it, it never ceases to amaze me the difference in the experience. So I think this along with like a skip level, so you can think of it that way too. So if you have a leader, let's say in this case, it's a director of aviation, and instead of only relying on the sources of their chief pilot or their director of maintenance or their lead of cabin safety, you know, that you take time to meet below the middle leader so that you have a chance to connect directly with the individual contributors. And it's a similar concept that to to the point that you're making, Rob, is how are we in touch with those doing the work, so to speak, on on the front lines or however you want to phrase it, 
how are we ensuring that the culture that we're intending to lead with is having the impact that we want it to. So this is, I think, a very similar concept. And again, harkens back to what we're all talking about, about the humility. And I love what Jamal said about, as leaders, we do have to really kind of spread the gospel about this. If we have a positive experience, I really think it sets the tone for developing culture. It said, this is a concept that has so many fantastic byproducts because it is sending a signal that the leadership is humble and understands that there are ideas that can come from anywhere in the organization. It fosters a sense of inclusion. It fosters a foundational respect for all people on the team. So it may seem like a small change, but I really believe it can have a big impact. It's kind of the Steve Jobs mentality of, you know, we hire smart people so they can tell us what to do. We don't hire smart people so we can tell them what to do. And so really understanding that, you know, if you really think that your job is you know, to tell everyone around you what to do and to help everyone around you grow and you don't have that same opportunity, then I don't think as an organization you can fully ever reach your professional potential. So get out of your own way, get out of your comfort zone because that's where the true growth comes from. Indeed, Jamie. Any other advice you'd like to share about reverse mentoring? I would just encourage any organization that's having issues with retention or attracting good talent to take a hard look at reverse mentoring and see if it's active in your organization and if it's not, implement it. And I think they'll start to see the benefits and results. But brace yourself because sometimes once you go down this road and that trust is built, you never know what to expect in those conversations you have with people. So expect the unexpected sometimes. The younger generations coming up, they have a very different understanding of the employee-employer relationship. So as leaders of other generations phase out, those of us of a certain age, we're really going to have to adapt because, in my opinion, the train is coming. So why wouldn't we learn from them and in turn teach them in a way that's respectful? So if we have to put altruism aside, there's a business case for doing this. Jennifer raised a couple interesting questions there, Jamal. So I was born in 86. So I kind of think that I have my one foot in the older generation and one foot in the newer generation. So I'm a generational cusp, so to speak. And I think to what Jennifer said, you know, there's a lot of value that the newer generation can bring, especially with leveraging like social media and community engagement. So I I think for me, it's trying to find that middle ground where I, I have a voice to speak up, but also still understand that there's a lot to learn as well. There was a quote by Verna Meyer that said, diversity is being invited to the party and inclusion is being asked to dance. And with reverse mentoring, I think that's exactly what we're asking of that newer generation. It's like, hey, dance with us and show us something different. Not only are we looking for a diversity of ideas, a diversity of culture, but we're also looking for an inclusion of ideas. So I think that pretty much sums everything up for me. It can't be overstated how valuable mentorship, be it the traditional model or reverse mentoring, is to the modern business aviation workplace. Be sure to check out the NBAA Mentoring Network at nbaa.org forward slash mentoring for updates about how you can participate in this program.
You can also learn more about mentorship and other NBAA programs and resources to assist business aviation professionals in growing along their career paths at nbaa.org forward slash professional dash development. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking your virtual assistant or connected device. Of course, you can also download Flight Plan directly from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and be sure to join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan. Wow, right, base, sending out 3,500. Right, we got him inside. We're slowing back to 170.